Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I got a, um, I got a, uh, I got a, a little reminder from the people at the Roadbook that I, I promised to do lots of adverts for the Roadbook for the duration of the Tour de France, and I haven't delivered what I said I'd do. So, um, I, uh, they say, firstly, would you be able to push the NSF 15 code, which is 15% off the Roadbook store for all our Never Straight Far listeners? So NSF 15, and that includes the wonderful new Blue Book, the 1989 Roadbook, as well as every other uh, Roadbook that we have done in our collection. So get on board. They're beautiful things. Um, as who was it we had in commentary who was absolutely blown away by Kittle, the Roadbook? Kittle, Marcel. Oh, it was Marcel, wasn't it? Marcel. He really liked it, which was, a, was really chuffed by. So um, yeah, that is exclusive to. Um, that's completely exclusive to Never Straight for our listeners. Fifteen percent off everything. Use the code. NSF15. Has anyone else got any commercial things they want to push, David? You quite often have or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll just get you the um, the device that you can use there to record. Yeah. Um, just to report that Chapter 3 is going strong. I've been, uh, I got long on Jalabert in our prototype shoes today. Oh, that was funny. That was good, wasn't it? That was, well, yeah. So Smart I got move a then. pretty amazing list of people testing their shoes now at Tour de France, including you two. Um, but yeah. We've got uh, all our usual goings on over the website. Beautiful road gear that I've been wearing on TV. You've been sporting our kind of tech shorts. Well, not kind of. Tech shorts for everyday use and also bicycling. Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, with the padded bum. Yeah, liner well. shorts. Yeah. 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 I wore them as boxers yesterday. Yeah. Like like a laundry yeah. dilemma. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of Chapter 3 kicking around the Tour de France You've basically equipped the entire zone technique. It's brilliant, isn't it? You've got, yeah. yeah. So name, you've got Johan Offredo, um, you've got Fabian Wegman, you've got Tor Huchoft, Laurent Jalbert, uh, Bob Roll, Bob Roll, uh, Christian van der Velde. Christian van der Velde. Um, oh, Adam Blythe was here today. I need to get some Captain, the Captain Blythe, some yeah. shoes, yeah. yeah. Damn your eyes, sir. Damn your eyes. Yeah. Um, Turn your back on me in those shoes. Um, um, actually, I, I, I've got my list here. I'll, I'll look at it. I'll, I'll give a recap tomorrow. Okay. I got it at Vaucler Hershey's. He's waiting for some, but I never see him because he's on a motorbike. Yeah. He was, was he on it? Yeah. Well, he had his day, he's had his day no, off. No, yesterday was yesterday. his day off. Yeah. yeah. Nice little his, day off, that though. Isn't that it? I can do wrong tomorrow, so I can have a day off. VD Christian Vanderbilt was gutted. He didn't get chucked off the race. I'm he was stuck there as well. Yeah. So like, imagine what you do with a day what, off. Vuk, got a de- was chucked off the race. He was a motorbike yeah. that stalled and caused all the problems. I did the, not know that. The, the, the Loz. Yeah. Did, that was Vuclair. Mm-hmm. Vuclair, French TV. That's super awkward, isn't it? I know. But Gosh. But he was super it's happy awkward when it. you're just the guy on the motorbike reporting, not the pilot. Cause yeah, I know. I mean, you don't really have much to do with... You're not directing the driver. I feel like it has to be... The onus has to be on the on the driver to know what he's doing and where he should be. Yeah, it's tough on that, though. You've but done, also, you've done that I've done it. You were kind of directing y- exactly. the pilot. Exactly. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah telling oh, them okay. where to be. Oh, so right. Oh, quite yeah. a lot of responsibility, then. Yeah. You are mobile director. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um... Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. But it was funny, wasn't it, Pete, when he sprang across the canteen area to to nobble Jalabert. Jalabert oh, yeah. was just at the at the No line. no 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 he didn't he didn't he didn't spring across. Oh no he just lolloped oh no because you'd done kind your of run. waddled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like one I was I looked at Ned and I was like, here we go. <laughs> and then I was like, how how has he even got the motivation one and the desire to go and <laughs> talk about shoes when all I could think about is taking shoes off. Oh, yeah. well. My feet were that sore <laughs> from the run. <laughs> yeah, talk about the run. <laughs> Tell me about the run. So I, oh. I, I, nine, o'clock, nine o'clock this morning, and you left very punctual this time. There was no faffing around. No faffing around. Well, this it is all part on. of run your dreams. It was run your dreams. And uh, breakfast it was hard. I had yeah. to give Pete a couple of days warning on this one that this morning we were going to go on a eighteen-kilometer, which was what I've mapped, mm. um, trail run from Hilly. our hotel to the finish. Mm. Um, and I mapped it all out in commute, and it took us on random trails. So, so we set off at nine and in good spirits, weren't we, Pete? A little less so, confident, mm. perhaps. You were perhaps a little less confident perhaps than the rest day my one. Way into it. I had, like, after about three, four k- kilometres, mm. the natural endorphins hit in. Oh, yeah, you went berserker there for yeah. a while. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what I was saying now. It was like, oh, you're euphoric. I wish I knew. Euphoric. It's 15 minutes with running, isn't it? That's about me. when Pete got hit. 15 yeah. minutes is when, for me, that's when you start to feel you great. You have to make You'll it through good. 2K. Yeah. Mm. And then it starts to happen. Yeah. And so often you can almost, not crack, but you, you, you have those sort of negative thoughts where, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this today, so I just go home. Get through 2K every time with a run. Yeah. And it's like, boom, you're in. <laughs> but that's the great thing with the point to point as well. There's no going home. There's, There's no, no home oh, to go to. Your home to was it. the finish. You have to do it. And it ended up being a further 20 kilometers from that 2K point. Wow. Yeah. Barbed wire, fields, fields cows, yeah. dogs, um, it rivers. It, was, it, it had everything. And there was one point where about seven, seven and a half K in, which was. 50 over 50 minutes oh yeah just and on this before i went i was like should i take water should i take my water vest and you're like we're not gonna don't need water and yeah we're seven k's in and you're like stop said i'm so thirsty <laughs> and we're yeah, like in the middle of in, nowhere five minutes in yeah had yeah. a drink of water up to that point and then i was like debating with david i was like oh 650 meters that's like an extra k because that's where we had to go on google maps to, to the nearest to place to the hotel and then yeah. we, we were like 100 meters away and i was like as if I was just debating whether to run, run. It was probably 500 meters, a little mm. bit less. Downhill. Downhill to yeah. get, you know, I was literally so dehydrated and so exhausted. When the run's 18K and I was debating whether to run 500 meters to get an Orangina. Yeah, <laughs> and then we got three Oranginas and four small bottles of water and it was like 21 One euros. Euro. Then I was I like, know. how much is a bloody room in this place? <laughs> you, you, you did actually ask that. And she thought I was being serious. She yeah. was like, oh, what, 150? Yeah. Uh, and David's like, what, you want a room? And I was like, no, 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 I'm just, if to get four drinks is 21 euro. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that yeah. was that. So that was our Hobbit's journey. And so we got there. It took, ended up being 22 kilometers. Um, pretty took, epic. Took, and because it was so, such a lot of climbing. 700 meters it? elevation gain we had over the run. There's a lot of scrambling up tracks and everything. So it was actually quite slow for, mm-hmm. a, you ran a half marathon. But you're both really good runners, and it took you two hours, 20 minutes or something yeah. like that, didn't it? Yeah, and there was, it, it, 
you know the barbed wire fences and yeah. the rivers added to that because there was at one point with the barbed wire fence we probably stood for two three minutes deciding what to do we were debating to whether we should well i i ended up saying you can get under that david can't you yeah and he sort of like did this like james Pro- bond technical maneuver it was pretty nimble wasn't it i like, didn't even know i had that in me. it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah like, like he put a leg out kind of went sort of the limbo. only way i can explain it is if do you know when you um well no one knows what this feels like but when you watch a movie and they're trying to beat like a a laser type of oh yeah like um, the matrix yeah matrix. oh you got to get under like a laser yeah, under, beam over otherwise you're set it's like mission impossible tips like around around a death, a death and I was machine watching go you know through this probably Raiders of the Lost Ark I don't mm. know what would you say the, the gap was not big Pete like 30-40 centimetres yeah. yeah and I was like this is a bit extravagant David isn't it yeah <laughs> I bend down straight away short <laughs> get bloody <laughs> stuck <laughs> on the ball I was like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> Made it through, <laughs> cracked on, but yeah, it was, it it wasn't all on trails. It, at one point, we were just running through this field in the middle of nowhere. We were, we were just doing rogue added stuff. Added to it though, it was great. The Hobbit's journey, very yeah. good. I'm yeah. super impressed. So, you know, just casually on your way to work to commentate for you know all afternoon for ITV, you do a half marathon. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not bad. And we were absolutely wrecked. You I were. fell asleep in our small office. I put my head under my desk <laughs> on some sort of. I don't know, like box type situation. Look, don't know what was in it. Yeah. And this was at twelve o'clock, or just after half twelve, maybe. And I said half one. I need to, you know, start waking up. And bear in mind, we're on the show at three, and it, it was literally like waiting for your, you know, when you set an alarm in the morning. Yep. And I woke up. It was twenty past one. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 20 degrees, 20, maybe 21, 22 degrees outside. And I was freezing. I was like, oh, no, we've, we've, we've messed this up. Yeah, you came like, in genuinely concerned. Shivering, couldn't think straight. Yeah. You know, I was either on the verge of getting ill or it was just like severe fatigue, basically. Yeah. But during that kind of come down, that's when I went and spoke to Lauren Jalibur and got it all sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Lauren, what size shoes are you? Yeah. Was that your first question? Pretty much. I thought I was doing a favour because he's cruising around his own technique in his big hocker trainers. And he looks so much better now with the Chapter 3 transit shoes. It's like I've just upgraded his life big time. Yeah. Um, these shoes that you're marketing quite heavily that aren't available for sale? Those ones, yeah. <laughs> well, they're prototypes. We're testing. They're we're prototypes, testing. Yeah. 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 They will be at some they point in be. the near future. Yeah. Yeah. I can see Laurent Jalibert, what, for your French marketing campaign, all over posters in places like Besançon. Oh, yeah. You know? that, could, that could Voice of French TV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Besançon is very time trialy, isn't it, David? It You're is. You're getting time trialy vibes. If you so. ever want to feature, sorry, David, on your yeah. chapter three shoes, mm-hmm. you know the man to ask. Being myself. Yeah. You no, know, imagine me clipping in, oh, it's, riding off. It's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting big flashbacks of that final time trial on the Tour de France where it's just these rolling roads in the country. Yeah. I kind of envisage vineyards, but there's no vineyards here. Uh, I haven't seen many. Not directly oh, here. Over the what, river. What river? Yeah. La Loue. La Loue. Oh, it's lovely. Wow. Very, very still waters. We're at Stonebridge. There's a, there's a weir. There's a, there's a building just to our side that's covered in ivy with shutters, open shutters that are painted white. A tobacco, Francis Desjoux. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, oh do, wow. Do you think Look the will have a, one of those flashing signs with the temperature displayed? No. Oh, that's All disappointing. Good. No, it's good. quite like that. A lovely little square. Feels like I've been here before. This mm. looks so familiar. But the lingerie, hairdressers. Lovely terrace. Yeah. yeah. I think... I might have misremembered this, but I think Dave Brailsford came to ride and base himself in Besançon as an amateur. Hmm. Uh, 
Oh, Brailsford's interview. Man, that was good. But today? No. No, you sent it on the group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I go good. into like a Twitter sort of spiral when I go to bed. Well, I came you do, across don't that. you? Yeah, I yeah. go all cycling again. It's weird. Yeah. I get into it. Yeah, that's when the cycling bit happens at about quarter to midnight. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's just so Dave, wasn't it? He was asked about he was asked about Vinegar and Pog and what do Ineos do and who do they sign and he was just like, Well, hope this is sport, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. they're winning now, someone else will win later. <laughs> what what are you gonna do about this, you know? And he's like, Well, nothing. Yeah. 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 We are going so country here, guys. Yeah, this is yeah. a bit Oh, it's beautiful though, isn't it? It is beautiful. But with that interview, what I couldn't help but sort of think about is Compared to, I don't know, five, ten years ago, he he just he just now seems so detached from the Tour de France and the team that it's hard to take seriously. Well, that compared was compared to years gone by. That was what the point that, um, in his typical flexy way, um, Patrick Lefevre a couple of weeks ago made when he was asked by I can't remember who about um, the rumours that Remco Evenepoel was been, had been approached by Ineos. And uh, Lefebvre said, and I think one of the reporters said, have you had any contact from Dave Brailsford? And Lefebvre said, uh, uh, Brailsford? Uh, he's not in cycling. On, uh, no, he's just football, I think. So Brailsford, not seen for many times. And then the, the reporter said, have you, have you had any contact then from Rod Ellingworth? And he goes, Rod Ellingworth? I do not know this man. <laughs> <laughs> so Lefebvre. It was. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing what's happening at Sudal Quickstep, though, isn't it? As far as we know. Gossip. What is happening? That's the question, isn't it? We don't know. Really. No one knows. No. Well, we do know they're getting rid of 20 guys. I reckon they'll keep Asgren. They should do. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe. Asgren, like, Maybe he's not. put himself on the shop window a bit, hasn't he? Maybe he's already signed for someone so else. What is our So what is our thinking regards why they're doing that, what they're doing that for? Doing what? What, the big shake-up? Yeah. All these riders out. Yeah. All these riders in. Backroom staff changed. Yeah, well, it's got to be for Remco. There's no other logical reason, is there, to to, to do so? Mm. You, yeah, I mean, you either it's a big shake-up to change the team for GC, or they have less money, Mm. and they have to get rid of Remco to make the team survive, Mm. and they just completely change their identity in terms of, you know, they sort of turn into one of these lower-ranked teams, and they have to start again, which would be unheard of for quick set but pretty bold move but necessary yeah yeah it's all about money again isn't it all about money Pete it'll be a go around (laughs) a very interesting one for you next year David if if um, Tade and Remco are on the same start list yeah that's where your loyalties will lie on Mm. that one that'll be interesting to see that will be a tough one for me yeah I actually think they're going to make a great pairing like kind of because they've got similar styles of racing and you know, imagine having being Jonas and having to deal with Remco and Tade. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Wow! Look at the view to the left. It's, it's absolutely sort of opened up this huge vista as um as we head, I, I guess, back into the Jura Mountains again. It's getting a bit mountainy. Tell it's us, give annoying. us a rundown on the old um, Dauer stuff today. Dauer van Hinsbergen. Yeah. What he got rather that. Yeah, got, it got it wrong today, didn't it? Got it a bit a wrong, bit. apparently. Apparently. So we went past the dinosaur footprints of Lul or someone like that. 
and um, they are literally fossilised dinosaur footprints and they're kind of like just like you'd imagine them to be great big indentations circular sort of indentations in the ground where brontosauruses have strolled through and it's all been fossilised and, and I can't get my head around that by the way my little brain probably what? amazing wasn't it in millions what way, of Pete? years ago this, these massive footprints of dinosaurs it's pretty mad isn't it just were roaming the planet and now the Tour de France is just racing by them it is nuts it is nuts but apparently he got we might have ran through them David we might have done well where we ran once upon a time there were dinosaurs yeah that's mad I wonder if there's ever dinosaurs on the Isle of Man ooh good question well that man might not have been an isle oh it might have been connected to yeah yeah it did it did disconnect from Mm. Ireland maybe there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My uncle Oliver has got a... Tyrannosaurus Rex head. Skull. No. Yeah. How's he got that? Bought it. That must have been incredibly expensive. I think it was about three million pounds, David. Oh. Who, who's your uncle Oliver? Um, he's my uh, incredibly wealthy uncle who's got a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> he's got a snooker room, which tells you. Well, that's what you need to know first off. And, and in the snooker room, there is a Tyrannosaurus. That's head. exactly the sort of thing you should be doing if you're a millionaire, billionaire, just getting like. Yeah. T-Rex heads well, and stuff. We had, we had this conversation last night, didn't we, about what we'd do if we were billionaires. We did. Oh, that was good fun. I enjoyed that conversation, just fantasising about that. Where would you live? What would you do? You know, and all that sort of thing. Mm. But, yeah. I need to give that more thought. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we were going... <laughs> oh, no, we are going to get guests on, maybe. That's what we, we uh, eventually what got we're onto. <laughs> just approaching <laughs> The people. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but not, like, with respect... Like people, people you might expect us to be aspire to get, which we're very delighted that we do occasionally get guests. We were going to go to a massive big time, weren't we? We were going to go Barack ben- Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. We were going to get Barack Obama. What? Do you re- how much do you reckon we'd have to pay for Barack Obama? Half a million would would do it, wouldn't it? I reckon half a million would do it. Yeah, for an hour chat. We might we might have to go to him though. <laughs> for half no, a million. To, he comes to us, doesn't he? He gets in the car. He has to come to be on a transfer. Just all his in the security front. and everything. Because he still has all the security. Uh, he's still a president, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he? Because even when they stop being president, they're still yeah. president. Yeah. And we'd have to say, Mr. President. Yep. Thank you for coming. But really, he'd have to thank us because we're lining his pockets with half a million dollars. Um, it's gone to dollars now. Do you think well, he's American, is, isn't he? I know. I thought half a million pounds. <laughs> yeah. Pretty well, much the yeah. same, anyway. Roger Federer. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift. That yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like, how would we keep the conversation alive oh. with Taylor Swift? Like, where would we go with it? Because at one point she's going to hear the word Jura Mountains and just be like, man, what does that even mean? Taylor Swift's kind of cool, though, because she made a point um, in an interview a couple of days ago that sort of penetrated my other little world on social media that I occupy, which is the active travel campaigning world. <laughs> And she, she, gave, she gave an interview where she said she was comparing 
Los Angeles and New York because I think she spends a lot of time in both those places and she was said said listen I love Los Angeles but it's just so low rise and sprawling and built for automobiles that you can't like be spontaneous and it's mm. all you have to plan your night out and quite go an well impactful into statement that and then she said and New York the magic happens in New York when you go out for a night in New York because it's also high rise and relatively compact you go from there to there to there to there and it's like a magical castle that you can just flit around the rooms um, and she was basically saying, I like cities that are built for you know public transport and are built on that sort of human scale where you can walk from A to B. Mm. Sort of like dense, Amsterdam. Dense cities, basically, rather than sprawling you know, metropolises that were built for the motor Amsterdam's quite sprawled, actually, in a way. Like, there's different sides to it, and it's you, know, you need a bike to get around, but then it's built to be able to do that very easily, isn't it? Yeah, it totally is. Totally is. But, um, but the, old, the old centre of it is pretty compact. Pretty compact, yeah. yeah. They are. Anyway, so Taylor Swift would be a good guest. Barack Obama, Roger Federer. I don't know about Roger Federer. I find Roger Federer a little bit insipid. I think Nadal would be better. I think Nadal would be better. He's a bit more rock and roll, isn't he? Djokovic. Ooh, yeah, he's got points of view. He's got points of view. Yeah. I was on a plane to Nice once with Roger Federer. Were you? Yeah. Any contact? No. He. Every time he got up, well, he got up once to go to the toilet, and everyone just started. And he was on a, just a normal sort of flight. Everyone started taking photos of him. Then we were waiting for our bags together, and I was with Lauren. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shall I just ask for a photo? And I just hate all that stuff. Like, I can't bring myself to do it. Schluging, basically. Yeah, basically schluging, yeah. 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 So you didn't? Didn't. No, no good. I wish I did now, though. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's Roger Federer. So that was th- those are my two niece sort of Have interactions. ASAP Rocky as well. I'm sure I've said it on the podcast already. ASAP Rocky, yeah. a rapper. Okay, yeah. you sat next to him? No, he... He was on the same flight as me, and went, you know when he got on the bus after the flight lands to go to the terminal, <laughs> I was yeah. like fumbling around trying to get my laptop, which I was on, which I was using on the flight, into my rucksack. You know when you <laughs> get onto the bus and you have your laptop in your hands and your rucksack on your back, uh, it's all a bit messy. And just as you get on, you start to like put your laptop in your rucksack so you don't have to carry it. <laughs> and I was like blocking his way to the bus door, and he just went, "Hey man," he went, "Move over, little guy." Did he? he <laughs> yeah. didn't, did he? Yeah. That's fine. I bet you did. As I well. no. Oh, I, well, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I didn't have sorry. any idea. It was it was Owen Dooley. He was like, do you know who that is? Oh. And I was like, no. He was like, ASAP Rocky. And I was like, ASAP who? And then I, because I was, I just had no idea. And yeah, did a bit of research on my on my phone. I was like, bloody hell, ASAP Rocky. You know, one of those guys where you know, where you you know the music or you you know the songs, but you don't necessarily relate it to who it is. Do you know how many of our listeners this is flying way over yeah, the hedge at the moment? Well, have a little Google of ASAP Rocky yeah, and, you'll, yeah. you, and you will basically do what I did. And you're with Owen Do. Mm-hmm. So Owen is a big podcast fan. And oh, oh he'll remember yeah. that well. So yeah. Owen, if you can send us a voice note, uh, either confirming or denying Pete's version of this encounter. Do you want me uh, to message him now? Um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no. No. He can do it tomorrow. That's fine. Okay. If you, or whenever he listens to this and we'll... Um, We'll run Producing it what, what, oh, It's another edit, isn't it? I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's stage 19. Uh, David, who? what famous people have you <coughs> sat next to in an aeroplane? How long have we got, Ned? Um, I feel like this could be... Oh, but it's quite an interesting one. I've got two. Tom Wolfe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got, I ended up hanging out with Tom Wolfe. And we ended up chatting and carried his bag because we were just talking all the way to Sluggish Carousel and because he was on a flight back from Barcelona he was in his white suit and everything white suited and Tom to Wolf. New York yeah that's amazing it was amazing I actually got to hang out we chatted for a long time yeah um, did, you, did you tell him about you 
Did he also spoke about, about you? Yeah, and I spoke, we spoke about Tour de France, and he was speaking about Lance Armstrong, okay. and yeah, and how it was, oh, that was it. It was a book that he'd always wanted to write what? about cycling. Oh well, Ernest Hemingway felt the same. Yeah, so Ernest Hemingway said there are there are books to be written about the glorious sport of road I'm paraphrasing of road racing. However, I am not up to the job. Huh? He said I couldn't. It's beyond my powers of description to ride about road racing because he ah, loved road racing very and good. Tom Wolfe's the same yeah Tom Wolfe was the same he died like about a year later right um, yeah which I thought was amazing because yeah. he thought the whole Lance Armstrong story was just like this amazing kind of tragedy wow yeah <coughs> long flight yeah um, <laughs> Karl Lagerfeld Karl Lagerfeld yeah but I wasn't sitting next to him he was in front right, in Biritz kind when of he was flying oh, commercial of course in Biritz yeah. yeah very good I can't think of any of those off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Okay. PJ okay. Harvey, me. Nice. Yeah. Paris to Cardiff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a very um, PJ Harvey flight, actually. Yeah. A little propeller plane, it was. Huh. Yeah. Tiny little thing. Do you speak? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. She's nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and um, Peter Mandelson, <clears throat> when he was in the cabinet. Twice. Mm. I, I used to, when I was a football reporter, I used to fly up to Teesside Airport which is ridiculous when you think about it, but um, fly back in the same day to do interviews at Middlesbrough Football Club. And his constituency was in Middlesbrough. And um, on the first occasion, I sat down in, and this is back when I used to work for Sky and they used to book business class flights for me, so I'll be at the front. And I sat next to, sort of seat 1A and 1C, I sat next to Peter Mandelton, who was a business secretary in the Labour, the Tony Blair government. And he literally got out his red minister's leather sort of like briefcase thing and started looking at official documents and of course I was desperately trying to sort of like look at them out of the corner of my eye and that was a Friday and the next Friday I got I had to go up to Middlesbrough again and I got on the same flight and sat next to him again huh. and he was quite freaked out by that and weirded out by the fact that the same complete stranger political schlug person was sitting next to him hmm. that's my sitting next to people I actually got a random one as well this was interesting this would be like late 90s sitting next to an older guy who'd been the consigliere to Salvador Dali how random's that I what's mean, a consigliere they're basically the kind of they're kind of assistant like Jimmy Five Bellies to Paul Gascoigne exactly okay yeah wow mm. had, wow yeah I know I how did you find that out we were chatting <laughs> yeah I didn't even know what consigliere was at the time either yeah yeah okay. but yeah very Dali Dali Dali, yeah. What's the Girona Salvador Dali um, connection, David? Uh, well, he, he actually he was married in the church in Els Angels, yep. the top just behind Girona, and he was up Beautiful in Cadiz, is yep. where he had his home. Um, and his wife Gala lived in a village. They she lived in a different house, like in a, a converted church. Uh, yeah, so he was all Catalonia. A lot of his paintings have the kind of Girona landscape sort right. of in the background. There's a hill by Lestartit that was in a lot of his paintings. And and was it in Girona where he designed the packaging for those lollipops? Chupa Chup. Chupa Chups or whatever they're called. Yeah, I think it was. He did a lot of advertising actually. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. this guy designed the packaging? Yeah, you know the ones I mean? The I had one today. No! <laughs> oh, wow. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Salvador Dali is the famous surrealist. Wow. Sort of he did, yeah, mm. he did, that was just a little job he did. He's like mm. the guy in Monaco who's blouse mate who designed the, um, when you were in airports, the connector sort of the air bridge the, yeah the, well, the, what would you even call them they like they make the lanes and queues basically where you can you know disconnect them and oh those things tensor, those things, tensor yeah. barriers or whatever they're called yeah. 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 keen cyclist who lives in Monaco oh. oh there you go 
Yeah. Small yeah. world, isn't it? Should we talk about the race? Victor Campanats. Yeah. Got a picture of him? Got <coughs> that. So did I, actually. We yeah. all did. Oh, yeah, I think we all did. Oh, um, yeah, you almost missed your... Um, you're back in commentary slot. Well, you did. Ah, we were gutted. So me and Gary had to go. Well, both our commentary position. We, we have a little window at the side, which we normally just we see. Let's like go a, in vision. Actually. A urinal or the side of a you know municipal building or a truck that's next. We don't never normally see much, but actually, we saw the same view out of our little window that you and Gary had at the back of it was your exciting, set. Wasn't it? Super and it was exciting. Like the peloton of the Tour de France were just hanging out, coming over the line. It was like they're real people. Really excited. Yeah, got so excited. I dashed over in the little break. And, yeah. They just look like gladiators, don't they? Mm. It is quite cool, <laughs> isn't it? It's genuinely cool. Yeah, and it, there's something so weird about making that junction between following them day after day after day after day on the telly remotely, and then they pop up in the real they just world. They look of like you. really, really tired gladiators. Legends, all of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and none more so at the moment than Victor Campanats. Yeah, it was another m- rampaging maniac performance from him today. Wasn't it? Mm. Really was. Yeah, yeah. As Pedersen was incredibly strong. As we follow a Lidl Trek fan on the road. Yeah. Maybe think of that. Yeah. Hello, too Ellen. St- too strong for his own good. Hello, Ellen. Hello, Ellen Van Dyke. Yeah. yeah. She'll be coming back soon, won't you? Because she's doing the um, Tour de France fan, which starts, of course, on Sunday. Isn't she for Dutch TV? Yes, yes. yes. she is. Yeah. Oh, and hello, Cadell. We couldn't hello, swear. Brother hello, brother Cadell. Hello, brother Cadell. Don't think brother Marcel is too much of a listener. I don't think that. The other no. two, definitely. Yes. It's yeah. one way of getting more listeners, isn't he? Isn't it? Just invite them on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Kittle just sort of like dips in and out, doesn't he? It's just like, right, job done. Go home. Great company. Yeah. But yeah. he's very much. Yeah. 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 Other things going on in his life. Where brother Cadell. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been fully invested since he left. Yeah, well, he's been riding the roads. He's been riding the roads with the Mumu people. Um, but yeah, big fan. Yeah, it was it was um it was another really good race today. I really enjoyed commentating on it. It was absolutely incredible. And again, it was brute force and strength, wasn't it? It was just that's what. Uh, and some smarts from Asgren to go where he went. What was before the climb? It? He went before the climb. Why was that smart? Because everyone was kind of like getting psyched up for it to happen on the climb, and he went about a K before. Granted, which, which you can only do if you're incredibly strong. Incredibly strong. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it kind of caught everyone <laughs> off guard. I think everyone's just on their hands and knees, to be honest, because it looked so hard. I think all day. To, yeah, to have a, a race like we've seen today on stage 19 of the Tour de France, I feel very, very sort of lucky, actually, mm. Mm. because mm. it's it's not often you get a race like that. No, at this not. point so deep into a Grand Tour and it was epic it was so exciting yeah it was right. so yeah, uncontrolled right. yeah. you never you never at one point uh, it was only yeah, in the last maybe 30-40 kilometres where it was like oh. actually it was the point where the third or fourth breakaway went finally Jumbo Visma started riding on the front they mm. were even though they had two guys in then it was like alright it's done but to that point it was so exciting and even even when that happened it was you still didn't really know it was the point where Campanarts and Clark were off the front yeah you still didn't know which way it was going to go yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no no real control from anyone other than obviously the GC guys in the peloton shutting it down we knew that part of the bike race was done yeah that selection of but made. still <clears throat> yeah the rest was, it was so so good to watch yeah it was it was really good it was really good, and and I think today and yesterday, and I was after we did the pod yesterday, I was reflecting on yesterday's stage win for Caspar Asgrain and why it was so important for the race. Because 
every time there's a big GC decision that's made, and my God, Jonas Vingegaard forced a massive decision in this race. So, you know, and Pogacar carries the goodwill and the support of the majority of the cycling world. It does feel a bit deflating. Um, that's settled. It's settled emphatically. That's put to bed. Um, what have we got left in the race? And so yesterday and today have reminded us all that the peloton is, you know, at the beginning of the race, 176 riders strong. It's still 100 and whatever it is, 148 or something now, 150. And everything matters, you know, it all, it all matters. And the importance of a stage win for these guys is absolutely central to what, how we should be understanding their race. And it was so articulately expressed with Matej Moric's interview and his emotion, you know, getting the better of Kaspar Asgrain in that photo finish. It was kind of immense to listen to his words, actually, where he's Matej Moric. He's won stages at the Vuelta, the Giro, the Tour de France. He's won Milan San Remo. He's been around for a long time at the very highest level. And there he is saying, you just have to understand the brutal nature of my sport, the suffering, the dedication. Yeah. And then when you get to the Tour de France, you feel like an imposter because you can hardly hold the wheels. And this is Matej Moric saying, I can't even hold the wheels. You know, I, don't, I feel like I don't belong. And that constant self-doubt of, do I even, am I even good enough? This is insane. And then for it all to come good, as it did for him, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was it beautiful. I, I loved as well when he was saying kind of all that doubt. He was expressing his doubt genuinely, mm. kind of that self-doubt. But then he was saying when he's in on the wheels and he's just can't he's holding on for dear life but he then has to think the guy in front of me is doing the same thing mm. he's feeling the same he's hanging on for dear life as well and he's <laughs> at his absolute limit and it's kind of we're all just like so deep in here and yeah it was yeah. he really expressed it a lot well. didn't, and I know he's quite like heavily involved with the whole team at Bahrain not just the riders yeah. with the staff and that showed in his interview talking yeah. about the mechanics and this one year is the changing of tyres and the mechanics in particular working until 11, 12 o'clock at night to make sure everything is correct and right um, but yeah it was just beautiful to listen to an expressionate sort of emotional interview wasn't it? It was also quite simply the longest answer I have ever heard <laughs> to an opening question from ZPK I didn't put a stopwatch on it, but it was quite staggering how um, long he talked for. At least a minute 30. <laughs> oh, I reckon two. Two, maybe. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. It just, but, uh, but it was beautiful to watch. It got watery eyes, and yeah, it was just great. Yeah, and so on we go. On we go. Still following Little Trek now. I reckon that must have been an advanced party for Little Trek. Don't you think? Because they're heading to, towards Malouz. What would, that, what would the purpose of that be? That would be the purpose of what David Miller or myself or you Ned have done for maybe Mark Cavendish <laughs> the finish line party maybe uh, yeah. some teams do that though don't they David they have Go to the hotel, dedicated sort organized. of staff to either film or yeah um, the finish or the last three kilometres or of the day they send us a whatsapp and get us to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mark <laughs> yeah if you're listening Mark oh it's quite funny yeah if you are listening Mark um Sorry we didn't invite you onto the pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we missed a trick there. Uh, we saw that you did the Geraint. Geraint we, were com we were complacent there, weren't we? We yeah. were. Yeah. We went for the, yeah. It's yeah. too nice. Just too too nice. respectful. Respectful. Yeah. We uh, just have anyway, too much respect. The, too yeah. much. The moment's passed, so. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Good to see you doing uh, other podcasts and. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, anyway, catch up in Paris, hopefully, if you're there. If you're there, yeah. If not, the following week. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's that. And lunch today is there any comment about lunch? Can't even remember what it was. <sighs> Some fish mousse thing. Oh yeah, which I was impressed with. Oh yeah, trout souffle. Yeah. Trout souffle. But <laughs> it was uh, quite weird, wasn't it? Brother, did you have it? As well? I did. I did. Brother Cadell would have been pleased because the tuna was there again. Raw tuna. Raw tuna. Yeah, I went. Double Brother Cadell loves the raw tuna. Yeah. And yeah. some sort of Asian noodly. Yeah, that was okay. That, was, that good. was okay. That was, was good. good. It had lots of parmesan in it. Actually. What is that sauce? Oh, there was yeah. Yeah, there was. That a was lot really nice. What's yeah. that sauce I'm putting on everything? It's like a mustardy. It's peach sauce. It's been there every day, isn't it? it? Yeah, it makes everything taste sort of the Amazing. same with different textures, but it's so good. I yeah. can't help but do it. I remember when I lived in London uh, in the very early nineties. While I was a student, at a summer, spent a summer working as a hospital porter in London, <laughs> and I was living in Putney with a bunch of actors who were all a lot older than me. In this nice house, actually, I rented a room in their house, and there was this Welsh actor who discovered while I was there, he discovered Patak's um, curry pastes. Do you ever use them, Pete? In the kitchen? I don't think so. No, they're amazing. They okay. are literally amazing. They rogue on Josh Madras. Vindaloo and a few things, and they are all the spices and everything. Oh, They're very so oily. So they can, make the you just drop them into the a, pan. It's in a jar. It's yeah, it's in a one, jar. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he figured out that you could put anything, <laughs> anything into a deep sauce frying pan, and then just some pataks on top. And it tastes amazing. It's bloody brilliant. That you could use like just earth. I tell you what. I tell you what. But <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah, chicken. Just, yeah. Beef. Pe- no, but peppers. Not that, pebbles. Uh, you know. Uh, but the amazing. Rich, yeah. <laughs> Patax. So every single night we had Patax. Patax. Yeah, just random ingredients. And then I remember, so it's a bit like that with your sauce, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I remember my father in law um, discovering Nando's medium peri peri sauce as well. Mm-hmm. Going, I'm, and I, the first time he had it, he was so delighted with it, he was putting it all over. I can't remember what the meal was, but he put it on the veg, he put it on the chips, he put it on whatever. And then he said, I'm going to have that with every meal I eat now from, the, from here on to the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm like that with olive oil. Oliver's Me and Brother Cadell. Oh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Wasn't it? In all sorts of ways. So the stage starts or finishes in Dax tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. My yeah. God. We're heading into the Vosges, though. They're a bit special. We're heading, we're heading back to, you know, Plank, plank area. You know, oh, wherever back there. Well, close, yeah. yeah. Strasbourg, Milouze. Strasbourg? Yeah. Is, yeah. that, is that Germany, no? Well, Pete. Oh. Germany, no? Don't get Ned Stark. Oh, started. my God. <laughs> uh, there's a book that explains that. <laughs> oh. That's uh, readily available. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite interesting. It, I, mean, I'm not, I won't tell you the story, but it, yeah, it was disputed territory. Okay. So it's where, it's where you know, Strasbourg is in the heart of the Alsace-Lorraine. It's where uh, both France and Germany. There's a couple of places like that, though, isn't it? On the way years, yeah. up to Chambéry and cl- cl- towards the Alps. Yeah, and, nor- and north of the Alps, in and Azura, you yeah. know, where we're heading now. Where, um, yeah, I mean, both, both, you know, the, the hundreds of years they've been like unsure of which side of the linguistic and cultural divide they belong to. But in this particular period of history, they belong to France, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't anticipate that changing anytime soon. But what is quite strange is that. You know the border over. Oh, I've set them off now. I've the, bo- the border has moved a bit. <laughs> yeah, Strasbourg was German. T- French took it. The Germans retook it. The French retook so it's kind of flip flopped a bit. So and Arsène Wenger, who was on the Tour de France the other day, speaks 
he grew up in the Alsace-Lorraine, Wenger, it's a German, sort of, sort of historically yeah. German name. Um, he speaks perfect German. He also speaks um, Alsatian, which is a strange sort of dialect of French. But what's quite interesting is that German... Does the dog come from that? The what? The dog. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But that I realised today, sorry. That's right. That's where my dog fear came from, when I was running with David. So oh. when I was like five or six, an Alsatian came after me. Huge thing. They're scary dogs. And I, oh, yeah. I had to climb German on my dad's shepherd. shoulders, yeah. and he like booted him in the mouth. I had that happen to me as well, Pete, when I was probably seven or eight. In Oberammergau, <laughs> <laughs> I was bitten on the back oh. by an Alsatian. Oh. Gee, you, but you're not... You, you don't have the trauma. You don't. No, I don't, you don't show it. No. And you got bitten. Yeah. So how did you get over the trauma? Just came out in different ways. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> unexpected ways. Yeah. Twenty years later. <laughs> when we're on our runs, David. And yeah. I'm like cautious of small villages or farms without gates. Yeah. That what what could run out? I'm like, yeah. right. There's two things that could happen here. Either drop off. So David deals with it first, <laughs> or I just jump on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, it. that's it. I had a childhood trauma with a dog that my parents remind me of. We went on a Sunday Sunday afternoon walk or Sunday morning walk in Malden Woods, just south of Bedford, and I needed a wee. And I must have been seven or eight. And I, uh, my dad, my dad said, just go into the go, just go to the woods off the path there. And I went in to have a wee, and it was kind of like, I was seven or eight, I didn't really do wild wees. I went to the loo at home, you know, this is kind of like quite a dangerous thing to do. And a dachshund that had, um, that belonged, <laughs> like a tiny little dog that belonged to some people who were walking their dog, came flying at me, and I ran out of the woods with, you know, not dressed really, but that absolutely terrified being chased by a dachshund. Deep, again, David, deep yeah. trauma. Deep, deep trauma, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> That's Deep. never resolved itself to no. this day. It's and I've true, been bit, it hasn't I've been resolved bitten, itself. I've been bitten three times. Yeah. That's because they, the they just seven or eight sense years. your fear. And yeah, they sense fear. And these dogs, are, and then well, why do you think I'm afraid? Because they bite me. What <laughs> was going through my mind today was like, these dogs who are so obedient to their sort of owners. Like, I'm a human, their owners are human. Maybe they're just that, that aggravated and annoyed that they have to sort of, you know, bow to these this human figure that looks after them they see another human and like oh I know what I'm going to do to you bite you you don't look after me no I'm going to take out all my anger and aggression on the fact that I have to sit in this yard all day and wait to be (laughs) handed food (laughs) on you (laughs) and and at which point I look at it and think I've got two options here I either pretend that I'm really comfortable with dogs and go up and stroke it and if it jumps up on me maybe like oh who's who's a good boy who's a good boy or I just run and you just run. Did, but that, do you remember my in Maidstone, <laughs> the last the last Maidstone? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember I had a, a I was chased by a Jack Russell when I was out for a morning run into Maidstone. Uh-huh. Um, and the Jack really early in the morning, the guy was chopping down some trees in the little copse, and he had a Jack Russell alongside him. And I, Pete, same thing as you just described. I, I spot this danger a mile away, <laughs> and I'm really wary. I can see this Jack Russell, and he's with his owner. He's with his owner, and it's about hundred yards out into the woods and I'm looking don't look don't look and I can suddenly at the corner of my eye I see that Jack Russell's clocked me and it's coming flying at me across the field there was, a, there was an irrigation ditch that it had to jump that was I thought it won't get over the irrigation it won't get a, oh no it's jumped the ditch and now it's on the road with me and it's coming at me and it's like like full on attack mode and I actually thought for the first and only time in my life I thought no 
No, no I'm standing I'm up. Confronting this, it. I'm confronting yeah. it. And I stopped in the road and I turned around and I screamed at it. <laughs> I went, no! <laughs> I ex- exerted my authority. I went, no! To this Jack God. Russell. And do you know what? It backed down. It backed down. Yeah. Well, right? well and done, it went a little tail between its legs and it quivered off and went, and it kind of, whoa, whoa. well, anyway, I wasn't interested anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of like scrambled down the ditch oh. up there. But. I screamed so loud because I knew it had to be like proper. Yeah, you have to be like that, a primal scream. That that primal. the guy the guy primal. cutting the wood thought I was attacking his dog. <laughs> like that. And he goes, Oi! Oi! What are you doing? Oh, and now I had the weird. owner like after me as well. Oh. Well I guess the second option with David Shoulders on my dad when I was five or six is which I always think about when I'm out running is height. Like, oh, what, jump to, up in a tree? No, like, you need to get somewhere high. Yeah, like that's that's Cl- a, climb a tree. That's a natural that's a, reaction, that's isn't like it? That's like the, but that's like the last option, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> so I'm looking up. for all these high walls, or you know, yeah. absolutely bonkers. Mm. They get trapped up the tree for the rest of the day with the dog just circling the tree at the bottom. And just a well, different type of species, but the caravan would just pass one or two cars there. They have absolute right on the road, don't they? I mean, if you're on the road while the caravan is passing, a different kind of you species. are. <laughs> Like beeped, whistled, the police. It's like get off the road. Yeah, yeah. It's like bloody <laughs> hell. Literally, did this race not so long ago. Yeah, I'm getting barked off the road by the caravan. <laughs> yeah, I get it stage bloody nineteen. You've had a long day in the car, but yeah. I'm trying to get to the casino and buy a Red Bull. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But do you feel? Do you not feel <laughs> that because it's so we're so near the end now? There's been a slight shift in everyone's attitudes over the last few days because. The beginning of the third week and towards the back end of the second week, everyone is on that. Literally, that's when everyone's David. That's when you had your mood drop, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, my mood drop middle week. And yeah. then, and then now in the zone two, everyone's a bit like demob happy and a bit smiling yeah. at one another, and it's all a bit kind of with like, nearly hey, done. Yeah, we're nearly done now. <laughs> but you don't done. like demobbing, do you, Ned? Uh, oh, I find it emotional each time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What's that? Sorry. Do a demob just when you de when you demobilise, so you go home. It, this after. is happening. I just find, I find it's it starting to happen. It's starting to. happen You don't like it. I I have mixed emotions. I mean, on the one hand, I'm I'd be very pleased when it's, it's a over. thing in military talk, Pete, where people get demob happy. Mm. So if you've been on a tour of duty yeah. and you're coming to the end of your tour of duty, people, it's, that's exactly what's going on at the so tour it's of like France. A good now. happy or demob happy? Or yeah, yeah, good happy, sort of euphoric. So what's up with that? Why don't you like nothing? It? Why does no, Ned just like Ned, it? Ned loves the Tour de France so much. Yeah, well, so there's a hint of sadness every time it disperses. And I do, so I will wake up on Monday morning and um, we're going to go and catch a train uh, from Montparnasse and go down to Brittany. And by the way, if you're in Brittany on Tuesday night, I'm doing this event in La Roche Bernard about 1923 and there will be about three people attending. Um, and it's at the, the town hall, I think at 7.30. So if you happen to be anywhere near it, come along. Anyway, um, but on wow. Monday morning... You're still going to be in France then? I'm going to be in France, but not with my accreditation on. And I find that sense of... You walk out of the hotel where we stay in, where we always stay, and you walk maybe out towards the Champs-Élysées, and it, all trace of it has vanished. I, oh, I the find next that day. quite... On Monday. Yeah, I yeah. find that... like the, the fact that it just gets erased, I find that a little bit sad, actually. Just And I know that our listeners, and therefore a lot of you are also our viewers or whichever channel you're following it on, I know that you know, you've know you invested a lot over the last three weeks in following the story, and I think people do have that Monday morning blues, and I don't think I'm immune from it either. I do feel a slight... Well, it's, 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 to simplify it, you get it with anything, though. So, like, 
if, whether it's another grand tour and it's a rest day and there's no race on if you're invested and it's your day isn't filled if you have if you're not at work or whatever mm. or if you finish a good box set or series what do I do now that's true um, yeah. yeah tennis a good tournament book. a good book a good book so it has to be rah, that feeling of a brilliant book that you just don't want to end and that, that's that's deep yeah mm. yeah you're right you're right. Deep, deep chat today. Trauma. Yeah. Books. TV yeah. series. Tour de France. Yeah. D Mog, whatever you call it. D Mob. D Mob. Dog fear. Dog fear. Yeah. Running. Any sport tomorrow morning? No, not. No, nah, we're going to climb right up the final climb there. Yeah, it's logistical sport tomorrow yeah. morning. Yeah, evacuation Eva- sport. Evac sport. So Evac yeah, sport. Leave the car at the bottom. Get up the mountain variously on different bikes. That's oh. the plan. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.